Well, if you've ever looked upon a diamond, you'd immediately recognize its many facets. Facets, which actually means faces. Most diamonds have anywhere from 50 to 58 facets. Some even reach the level of having 144 facets. Each facet is really a different angle in which we view one beautiful gem. We are all gathered here today to honor the life of Jeremy Roten. But even Jeremy goes by many different names and facets, such as brother and father, husband, friend, cousin, and son. But for me, Jeremy and I had a unique, special relationship. The Lord allowed me to have a glimpse into one facet of Jeremy's life that would define our friendship and really change my life forever. I would like to say that that facet of Jeremy's life would be known as the preacher. That was the portion and glimpse and facet that the Lord had given me with my relationship with Jeremy. He was, in essence, the preacher. Not that Jeremy didn't fully live his Christian life in every facet of life, nor did Jeremy spend all of his time preaching to me or to others, but Jeremy was, to me, the preacher. Yes, he was by far one of, the, one of my dearest and closest friends, but preaching the gospel, as you all know, if anybody have known Jeremy for any period of time, would know that that's the key feature to Jeremy's existence. That was the key feature to Jeremy's life. Jeremy, over the years, had become many things to me, but one of the most significant things was our evangelism adventures. He was a, what I called, my street preaching buddy. And he was, by far, one of the best street preachers I have ever come in contact with. And I've been street preaching all over the world over 14 years. And I've met a lot of people out on the streets and a lot of men who are evangelists. But Jeremy topped them all. Jeremy was what you would call a lion. We would spend hours and days together declaring the gospel to lost souls. And then we had this bright idea given to us hopefully by the Lord, right, to plant a church. And this endeavor was probably one of the most powerful things that we've ever done together, to plant a church organically without any help from any other church. And here's the significance of it all. And I don't know if Jeremy knows the fullness of all of this, but just so you know, that little tiny church at 116 Bible Church in Watauga began to duplicate itself. 
And we began to see other 116 Bible churches spring forth throughout the world. We have a church in the United Kingdom. We have our little church in Texas. We have a church, a 116 church in Taiwan. We have a church in Portland, Oklahoma. We have churches now being planted in the Philippines, Maryland. And by God's grace, many more. See, this is the legacy that Jeremy left behind. Because of his deep love and passion for Christ and his deep love for people. That this legacy will go on generationally. I remember him and I, as I think Dwayne recalled, of doing door to door evangelism, something that him and I both were not comfortable with at all. We could stand out and preach in front of a bunch of angry hecklers, but when it comes to going to people's houses and knocking on their doors, always made us extremely uncomfortable. And you can imagine, at this time, I had a beard down to here, and Jeremy's beard was out to here. And we're going around knocking on people's door and we wonder why they won't open the door. <laughs> Jeremy's like, why aren't they opening the door? And I'm like, brother, I think it's us, man. And uh, I think we're terrifying people. But he loved people. He loved proclaiming Christ. I've never seen a happier man in my life than when he was preaching Christ. We chose the name 116 Bible Church because it was one of Jeremy's favorite verses out of the book of Romans. And that would be chapter 1, verse 16, which reads, you're probably all familiar with, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. This verse really defined Jeremy's life and ministry, especially during the days when he was healthy. He was brutal. And like many of you said, he was fearless. He wasn't afraid of anybody. He also loved the verse Mark 1.15 when Jesus said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. He was absolutely fascinated in the reality that a sovereign God saves men. That a sovereign God alone saves radically and depraved men alone. But God not only commands men to repent and believe, but he also commands his people to proclaim the gospel to all people. And this is the fascinating feature of Jeremy's life, that he understood the reality of a sovereign God being able to take a man completely lost and destitute of any kind of hope of being in heaven and taking that man by his own will and changing that man and transforming that man into a new creature in Christ. This was the amazing reality of the ministry that the Lord not only gave Jeremy, but gave all those and all of us who would call ourselves Christians. Jeremy understood that this was God's way of saving people. It was deep. It was eternal. It was unfathomable. But it was simple. It was simple. And Jeremy, as you know, was very simple in his message. 
Go tell others. And as many of you know, Jeremy did just that. Christ was Jeremy's life. Although Jeremy's life verse never really changed, his last message, at least to me, was this. And I've heard it testified twice today already. And it made such a profound impact on me. It was 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. This was to Jeremy a facet of our Savior that he never really understood until he was on his deathbed. Yes, he understood God's love for sinners and that he would send his only son to die. But this reality of love came to the surface when Jeremy was at his worst. As Jeremy began to decline, I can testify to you today that he began to shine. Let me say that again. As Jeremy began to decline, Jeremy and his intensity began to shine. Not only did I see this great preacher of repentance disappearing before my very eyes, but a radiant Christ-like figure whose love for Christ and others were more glorious than when he was alive and well. Even standing next to him while he lay in his sick bed, his face just kept getting brighter and brighter. My wife even said he looked so Christ-like. Proverbs four, chapter four, verse eighteen says, "But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day." The Amplified Version says, But the path of the just, the righteous, is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory in that perfect day. Spurgeon says, It is a grand thing to see a man dying full of life. And when I saw Jeremy dying, he was full of life. Life. I had asked him in one of his moments where his ability to communicate was diminishing. I asked him, I said, How is the presence of God? He said, It's wonderful. And it keeps getting better. there's one thing that I'm certain of as sure as I'm standing before you today is that Jeremy is with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is beholding the face of God in all of his glory. But while Jeremy may be breaking or basking in the radiant glory of Christ, forever beholding his beauty for all eternity, it is us who grieve. It is us who hurt. It is us who groan. Even the Bible testifies of this reality. It says in Romans 8, 22 through 25, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pain of childbirth together until now. 
And not only that, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as the sons and the daughters, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen not is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see through perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Said reality is where the Bible says that we all groan, we all moan, we're all in pain. We all desire to go home and be with Christ. And it's at one point that I can say that I envy Jeremy. Is that he got to go and be with Jesus Christ before me. Charles Spurgeon once said, The best moment of a Christian's life is his last one. Because it is the one that is nearest to heaven. It was said of Abraham in Hebrews 11.10, He looked beyond the present world, for he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Jesus said in John 14.2, He said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And it is here in this reality in the presence of Christ, in the presence of heaven, where the book of Revelation says in chapter 21, verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Yes, this means that our sins will be removed, but our memories will remain. We will see Jeremy again. Soon. Jeremy in his short and painful last days taught me more during those hours than I could have ever taught him in all the days of our friendship. In that short period of time, on his deathbed, the wisdom that radiated from that man during those hours taught me so much about life. Taught me so much about the Christian life. Taught me how to die well. Jeremy taught me how to die well. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, as being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And the greatest characteristic a Christian can exhibit is this completely unveiled openness before God, which allows that person's life to become a mirror to others. Jeremy mirrored Christ to me. And I know he mirrored Christ to all of you. That man was a living testament to the reality of what it means to be born again. Hebrews 11.4 says, Though he being dead, still speaks. Therefore, the facet of the preacher, that 
diamond of a man continues to preach even after he's gone. Why? Because Christ lives. Therefore, Jeremy lives. Let's pray. Father, we're just... We're in awe of you. Oh God, grant us the grace. Open our eyes to see the beauty of your majesty. Oh God, if there are others in this building today that do not know you, who are continually living in rebellion, grant them repentance and faith. Grant them eternal life, Lord. Call them by your spirit to come to thee. Grant them, O God. Grant them the ability to come and change them by your power. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.